0: disappointment is hard. Today's episode is so important and the story you're about to hear is powerful. Let's see if we can rise above those clouds of disappointment and thrive today. Let's do this. Welcome to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Let's kick things off with a quick highlight reel where we show the good things happening in the world. When a woman marries, she generally is showered with gifts, but one big-hearted bride recently decided it was better to give than to receive. This is such a cool story because what she gives, in fact, is the biggest gift of all, the gift of life. So what are we talking about? Just two days after she'd taken her vows, Debbie Neal Strickland in Florida swapped her wedding dress for a hospital gown in order to donate a desperately needed kidney. The lucky recipient? Her brand new husband's former wife. You heard that right. This bride donated her kidney to her now husband's ex-wife. The cool thing about this story is they weren't super close, but they were at least friendly because her fiancé and his ex wife had kids together and she was going to be now involved in their lives. And so she was keeping things on friendly terms. But when she had kidney problems and they took a turn for the worse, she stepped up to the plate in a huge way and volunteered to donate her kidney. This act in and of itself is heroic, but given the circumstances, it is such a powerful example of looking past differences, looking past the past, and really serving and looking outward in such a beautiful way. Since the donation, Debbie and her husband's ex-wife, wife are now very close and actually call themselves kidney sisters which is really cool but what an awesome example of looking outward and serving and giving and looking past differences it doesn't matter what our political or spiritual beliefs are we need to be there for each other and I love this example of that so there is a little bit of good news for you to lighten your day Hey you, thanks for being here. (laughs) Really, I am so grateful that you're here today. And I am so humbled that I get to have this platform to share these principles with you. And I just want to express my gratitude to you, the one listening right now. That's right, Neil Hooper. I I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Uh, It means the world. And thank you for sharing goodness and sharing light in increasingly dark and turbulent times. Disappointment is something that we are all well acquainted with. It comes in many forms and in many circumstances, whether it's a loss on a larger scale, like getting passed over for a promotion or a hopeful relationship not working out, or something that would appear less significant to the untrained eye, like not getting a text back from someone that's important to you or your favorite restaurant being closed. Disappointment happens to all of us. And at various scales. And I want to share a story with you today that is a very potent example of disappointment in how one young man shifted his perspective in order to not only overcome disappointment, but to really learn from it and come out of that disappointment better. Let's listen to him tell the story because he does such a beautiful job. Here we go.
1: My name is Hollis Hunt. And I was a candidate for the student body president elections at my college this past year. After months of preparation, voting week had finally come. I was feeling all kinds of emotions. I had made it to the final round of voting and it was finally time to find out who won the election. I remember being in the library just pacing back and forth anticipating the results. I made what seemed like a long walk all the way to the student center from the library. I remember being just bombarded by so many people, wishing me luck and following me to the student center. I went into the room. I could hear the door open up behind me, and the current student body vice president and vice president walked into the room with the envelope in their hands with the results inside. He began to say that there was 10,000 votes submitted. He said this was the closest election he's ever witnessed or ever heard of. He said the election was decided by three votes three votes, three people. He then announced the winner. And it wasn't me. My whole world was put on pause for one minute as I could just hear cheers and excitement coming from the other half of the room. All these thoughts came into my head of, you could have just talked to three more people. You could have just texted three more people. You could have just tried a little bit harder. I knew these were unfair thoughts, but that's all I could think about. I could have lost by 300, 400, 500 votes and I wouldn't have been as hurt. And then my thoughts turned towards my mom. I soon came to realize that a huge reason of why I was running was because of her. She has been such a rock in my life and such a foundation in my life that I wanted to tell her that her son could do these big and hard things and come out victorious. My mom and I have been through so much together, have been through so much conflict, and have struggled through so many things. And I just wanted to tell her that I was able to do this for her. And I can remember how many times I've cried in my life because I don't cry a lot. But when my mom called, reality hit me like a brick. I just felt tears streaming down my face, and I was just sad.
0: Oh, it's so painful to hear this story, but we can all relate to this feeling. There's something you're so excited about and you're working so hard toward. And sometimes it's a very public thing. In this case, there were tons of people who were up long for the journey and seeing his efforts. And then it didn't work out. The added hardship, I think, especially with this story, is that he lost by only three votes, which makes it even more painful or that he could have done more or that it was somehow his fault. But when we're confronted by these disappointments, whether they're on a large, very public scale or they're some of the smaller, more seemingly insignificant disappointments, the most crucial thing that we can do to tap into the happiness and progress that we always want is found in our response. So let's go back to the story and see how he responds to this disappointment. The morning after I woke up, actually my mom holding my hand as
1: I woke up and I realized that she drove all the way down to where I was living to be there with me. At first I was sad to hear what she was gonna say, but then I realized my definition of failure was a lot different than hers.
0: Ooh, now I am a huge believer in the power of labels and definitions. And I love what he's saying here that his definition of failure was a lot different than his mother's. He was anticipating her being sad or downhearted, but she was proud of him because she viewed failure differently. So I love this principle and it is such an important thing to keep in mind as we navigate disappointment and strive For that skill of happiness. This is let go and play. We have to be able to let go of our expectations and of our definitions of failure. This idea of perfectionism that is so deeply permeated in our culture has to end because it is in that perfectionism and in that destructive definition of failure that we're often preventing ourselves from moving forward and overcoming disappointment now let's get back to the story
1: I began to realize that she was so proud of me when I saw negative behavior or had negative experiences in my life sometimes I was too quick to put a label on it or too quick to assume why that thing was happening it kind of reminded me of my relationship with God sometimes when things would happen in my life I was so quick to question why? why is this happening? why does this have to happen to me right now? But what I soon learned was when I took time to understand, took time to listen to why certain things were happening, I was able to develop more empathy. I was able to understand the bigger reason. Instead of just putting an automatic label of self-pity, doubt, or discomfort on things, I soon took more time to understand things before jumping to conclusions. I'm not defined by those three. The purpose of failing has changed for me. I realized failure is not in trying. Failure is in not trying at all. I think even my mom would be more disappointed in me if I didn't try at all than if I tried so hard and came three votes short. I planned out what my life would be like if I won the election. And when I didn't win, I soon realized that sometimes I kind of catastrophize failure and what it is. And when I had all these things lined up and planned, I realized that that wasn't the only plan for me. I know that when we fail, we don't stop progressing. When we fail, it doesn't mean we have to go back to square one. But we can use those experiences and keep on going forward. And it certainly doesn't mean that we need to stop trying. I don't understand all my failures. What I do understand is that I can choose to learn from them. I can choose to reflect on them. And when I turn to God in my failures, I know I can become better. I can keep on going. Whether it be success, failure, or any other experience, I've learned to overcome it. I've developed that resiliency. We all decide how we see our own three votes. Are those three votes going to prevent us from being happy, or are they going to propel us forward?
0: I love this story. If we can learn how to navigate disappointment and to apply the principles that he's teaching here, we have to let go and play. We have to step out of our comfort zone and embrace the concept that failure is not in trying. Failure is in not trying at all. I love that quote, and that is a powerful part of let go and play. The other important thing that he points out is, he says, when we fail, we don't stop progressing. It doesn't mean we have to go back to square one. This is where accept and build comes into play. And this is really how you overcome and get past the disappointment in your life. It's so crucial that we are taking note of the knowledge we're gaining from these experiences and these quote-unquote failures, and then moving forward and building upon that. We've got to shift our perspective, okay? How are we going to see our own three votes? What are those three votes in your life? Those moments where you feel that shame or disappointment in a failure or an unmet expectation, We have to shift our perspective and really embrace the truth that failures are the stepping stones in the path. They're not obstacles or dead-end streets that go off the path. There's a great book called The Obstacle is the Way that highlights this principle so beautifully. If you are experiencing obstacles, you are on the path. That should be a sign that you are headed the right direction when there is that opposition. And in those moments where we had hopes and dreams and expectations and we're met with disappointment and things don't turn out the way that we anticipated, we need to look for the lessons learned. We need to look for the good and appreciate that some of these failures are helping shape us and actually get us pointed in a better direction. Now, I'm not going to pretend like that's an easy thing to do, especially when we experience really, really hard disappointments and trauma. But I know that there is always good to come of every trial, tribulation, and obstacle. oh, it's so painful to hear this story. But we can all relate to this feeling. There's something you're so excited about and you're working so hard toward. And sometimes it's a very public thing. In this case, there were tons of people who were up long for the journey and seeing his efforts. And then it didn't work out. The added hardship, I think, especially with this story is that he lost by only three votes, which makes it even more painful, or that somehow he, he could have done more, or that it was somehow his fault. But when we're confronted by these disappointments, whether they're on a grandiose, very public scale whether they're on a large, very public scale, or they're some of the smaller, more seemingly insignificant disappointments. The most crucial thing that we can do to tap into the happiness and progress that we always want is our response. So let's go back to the story and see how he responds to this disappointment. For this week's play right out of the happiness playbook, I want you to think of a disappointment in your life, whether it was a big one or a small one. And I want you to write down the good that came out of that disappointing experience. If you are open to sharing with us, we would love to share a few of these insights on the podcast. So please send any that you are open to sharing what a timely topic thank you for joining me today on the happiness playbook i hope you got as much out of this episode as i did there's disappointment around every corner and if we can learn how to navigate that and boldly move forward with gratitude and insights and optimism into our life through this disappointment that we experience we are going to have better relationships better well-being and more connection so remember this week to navigate that disappointment, to let go of perfection, to look for the good in every hardship. And most importantly, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.